0: This is story time by no dance, and the intro is called by Alyssa Young. It's story time in the Young household and tonight we're reading Goldilocks and the Wolf by Hilary Robinson and Simona Sanfilippo. When Goldie Max <laughs> When Goldilocks met Little Red Riding Hood in Bluebell Wood, they decided to have a picnic. This is going to be an interesting, twisted fairy tale. Goldilocks ran from the three bears' house down into Bluebell Wood. She stopped to rest beside a stream and saw Little Red Riding Hood. Goldilocks told her the story of the bears she had met that day of how she had tried their porridge and why she ran away. Red Riding Hood said, Are you hungry? Would you like a bun? But as she laid down the blanket, Goldilocks screamed, Run! A wolf sat down between them and said, Buns? How kind of you! But the girls knew if they stayed there, he'd try to eat them too. Quick run, said Goldilocks, and both the girls turned quite pale. They went to hide behind a bush, but they spied the wolf's brown tail. They ran and hid beside the pond. Then Goldilocks gave a cry, for peeking over the top of the reeds was the wild wolf's winking eye. I know, said Goldilocks, let's hide over here but over by the gate they saw the wolf's brown-pointed ear. Let's go, they cried. The riverbank has trees to hide beneath. But peeking through the rustling leaves, they saw the wolf's sharp teeth. Goldilocks said, follow me. We'll race towards that farm. We'll try to find the three bears there and sound the wolf alarm." Listen, said Red Riding Hood, I've got a good idea. Let's go to my mother's house. She lives really very near. But as they ran, they heard a howl that echoed through the trees. and When they turned around, they saw the wolf down on his knees. Don't go, he sobbed. Oh, please don't go. Don't leave me all alone. No one wants to be my friend. I'm always on my own. I'm just a friendly, gentle wolf. I'm really very meek. And all I want to play with you is a game of hide and seek. The end. Hansel, Gretel, and the Ugly Duckling by Hilary Robinson, illustrated by Simona Sanfilippo. When Hansel and Gretel get lost in the forest, an old lady traps them. Will the ugly duckling be able to rescue them? Yes. Yeah. I sure hope so. Hansel, said Gretel, we have no food and dad needs more wood to make pegs. Let's walk to the farm down by the stream and sell what we have for some eggs. We'll go through the forest, said Hansel, and pick up some wood on the way. We'll buy some wheat to grind into flour and be back by the end of the day. Ansel dropped stones to make a trail so they could find their way back home. Just as they got to the farm by the stream, they heard a little duck quack. Oh no, cried Gretel. Look at those ducks. They're teasing the one that is brown. They think he is not as handsome as them and the ugliest duck in town. Look how they leave him only the crust while the bread they eat that is white. Look how they snuggle up in the reeds while he sleeps alone through the night. They bought the grain and collected the wood, then baked some bread for their breakfast. Father said, children, I need some wood chips. Can you gather some up in the forest? This time they took bread for the ducks and left a crumb crumb trail as their guide. But nighttime soon came and the children got lost. Where will we sleep? They both cried. Look over there in the trees, Hansel said. That house, it is ever so sweet. Do we dare go and knock on the door and ask for something to eat? Just at that moment, a woman appeared. Ha ha, she said, come with me. But as they stepped in through the door, she locked it and threw out the key. The little duck had followed the trail and eaten the bread as he ran. He saw the children trapped in the house, and the clever duck thought up a plan. When the old lady went to bed, he picked up the key for the door. He flapped his wings, flew up in the air, and dropped it right on the floor. "'Hansel,' said Gretel, "'the duckling is here. I can't believe what he's done.' He's brought us a key to help us get out. Unlock the door and let's run. The children ran far away from the house with the duckling leading them on. He lived the rest of his days on their pond and grew into a beautiful swan. The end. And finally, Cinderella and the Beanstalk. By Hillary Robinson and Simona Sanfilippo. Jack plants a magic bean. When a giant beanstalk grows, Jack and his friend Cinderella climb it and meet a giant godmother. Jack, Jack, you lazy boy, we have no food to eat. Take our cow to the market and sell her for some meat. "'And, Cinderella, get to work. Our dresses are too tight. "'Mend them, wash them, press them. It's the prince's ball tonight. "'Is your cow for sale, my boy? She's the finest I have seen. "'I don't have any money, but I'll swap her for this bean. "'This magic bean,' the old man said, "'will grow and change your life. "'If you plant it in your garden, it will help the prince find a wife.'" The sisters flew into a rage and threw the bean outside. Jack ran into the kitchen to find a place to hide. Cinderella shouted, Jack, look up. The beanstalk has grown high. Let's go and climb it right away and see what's in the sky. At the very top, they heard a voice that sang out, fee-fi-fo. The giant godmother waved her wand, off to the ball you go. A cloud became her carriage and stars her dress and shawl. Jack sat up in the driver's seat and took them to the ball. But when the clock chimes midnight, you must leave and hurry back. Your dress will turn back into rags and your shawl becomes a sack. The prince saw Cinderella and danced with her all night. And when the clock struck midnight, she disappeared from sight. He'd found the shoe she left behind and set off on a ride. I'll find the owner of this shoe and she shall be my bride. The ugly sisters tried to squeeze their feet into the shoe. The prince saw Cinderella and said, This shoe belongs to you. The ugly sisters went out to climb the beanstalk, but they found, when they got just halfway up, it toppled to the ground. The prince and Cinderella were married the next day. Jack became the palace chef, and the others ran away. The End Cinderella's Big Foot by Laura North Illustrated by Martin Remfrey Cinderella meets the prince, but Cinderella does not behave like a princess at all. The fairy godmother must teach her a lesson. Once upon a time, Cinderella lived with her two evil stepsisters. They made her wear rags and clean the kitchen all day long. Scrub those pots, said one sister. Clean up this mess, ordered the other. One day, gold invitation to the royal ball came. Cinderella, you will stay here and clean while we meet the prince, laughed the evil stepsisters. I wish I could go to the ball, sobbed Cinderella. Suddenly, a woman with wings appeared in a puff of smoke. I'm your fairy godmother. Poor Cinderella, You will go to the ball, she said kindly. She tapped her wand three times, and Cinderella's dirty rags became a beautiful white dress. Her shoes sparkled with diamonds. Cinderella rushed off to the ball without thanking her fairy godmother. She had one thing on her mind, the prince. The prince will fall in love with me because I'm so beautiful, boasted Cinderella. All the girls wanted to meet the prince. Cinderella pushed them aside. He's mine, she yelled. The handsome prince saw Cinderella stomp on one girl's toes and pull another girl's hair. But the prince fell in love with her anyway. She didn't let anyone else near him. They danced together all night. Then, as the clock struck midnight, Cinderella's lovely white dress turned back into rags. She ran away in shame. She was in such a hurry that one of her shoes fell off as she ran. The next day, there was a loud knock at Cinderella's door. It was the prince. My true love lost her shoe, he declared. I will marry the girl whose foot fits it. Get out of my way, said Cinderella, pushing past her stepsisters. She moved her tiny foot toward the shoe. Suddenly, there was a bang and a big puff of smoke. The fairy godmother was back. Cinderella, she said, you are as mean as your stepsisters. You don't deserve to marry the prince. The fairy godmother Tapped her magic wand three times. Cinderella's foot grew and grew and grew. Now her foot was too big for the shoe. You've gotten too big for your boots, laughed her stepsisters. Oh, fairy my godmother, I know I've been bad, wept Cinderella. If you shrink my foot back, I'll never be horrible again. Very well, the godmother replied. If you promise to be kind, even to your stepsisters. A week later, there was a royal wedding. Cinderella kept her word. She invited her stepsisters and even let them be her bridesmaids. But they were just as rude and horrible as before. The End Little Bad Riding Hood by Julia Jarvin illustrated by Jane Cope Can Little Bad Riding Hood get to Granny's house without eating the basket of cakes to herself? (laughs) Once upon a time there was a naughty girl named Little Bad Riding Hood. One day her mother said Take these cakes to your granny, dear, and try to be good. Go straight there and don't speak to any strangers. Little Bad Riding Hood set off on the path, but soon wandered off the path and met a tall, gray stranger. Mmm, cakes, said the wolf. They look delicious. Hands off, they're for my granny said Little Bad Riding Hood, trying to be good. But she won't miss one, will she, said the wolf. Suddenly, he heard a noise and ran off. Little Bad Riding Hood walked on, but thought about the wolf's words. Mmm, they look delicious. She ate one little cake, then another, And another. Oh, crumbs, cried Little Bad Riding Hood after she had eaten all the cakes. Now what can I give Granny? She looked around and put stones in her basket instead. (sighs) Perhaps Granny won't notice, she thought and hurried on. Meanwhile, at Granny's cottage, the wolf was busy. He tied Granny up and hid her. He put on her nightcap. He jumped into her bed. He made up a tasty menu. First, cakes. Second, Granny. Third, Little Bad Riding Hood, because she didn't share the cakes. At last, there was a knock on the door Granny! May I come in, called Little Bad Riding Hood. Yes, my dear, the wolf replied, pretending to be Granny. Oh, Granny, said Little Bad Riding Hood, you look very ill. What big eyes you've got. All the better to see you with, said the wolf. Now give me. But Granny, said Little Bad Riding Hood, you look terrible. What big nose you've got. All the better to smell you with, said the wolf. Now give me the cakes. But, Granny, said Little Bad Riding Hood, what a big mouth you've got. All the better to eat you with, said the wolf. Take them, said Little Bad Riding Hood. But you won't like them, the wolf grabbed the basket and started to eat. Crack! went his teeth as they crunched on the stones. I oh, sure, cried the wolf as his teeth fell out. He ran away, toothless. Well done, Little Bad Riding Hood, said Granny. The wolf won't be eating anyone for a while. But why were you bringing me that basket of stones? As Granny looked around, Little Bad Riding Hood was already running out the door. The end. One more twisted fairy tale. Jack and the Bean Pie by Laura North illustrated by Mike Phillips. One day Jack meets a very hungry giant who luckily does not like the taste of people. Alright, let's do this. Once upon a time, a boy named Jack lived in a tiny house with his mother. They had no money and just ate vegetables from their garden. But Jack was very good at cooking. He made delicious bean pies. One day, he took the pies to the market to sell. I'll buy your pies, said an old man, but I can only pay with these magic beans. Jack agreed and raced home with them. Jack's mother was furious. We need gold coins, not these useless beans, she shouted. She grabbed some beans and threw them out the window in anger. The next day, there was a huge beanstalk in the garden. The beans were magic, after all. I wonder what's at the top, thought Jack. He started to climb up and up. Into the clouds until he found another world. There were enormous flowers the size of trees. He saw a bee the size of a horse. Then a voice boomed Fee fi fo fum. What's that? thought Jack, and the voice got louder. Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Suddenly, a huge, hairy giant stood in front of Jack. He picked up Jack in one hand. Got you, the giant growled. Jack was terrified. Jack had a few magic beans left in his pocket. He threw them at the giant and hoped they were still magic. Yum, said the giant. I love beans. They taste much better than humans. Then the giant started to cry. (laughs) I don't want to eat you at all. (laughs) He sobbed. Big giant tears fell on Jack. The other giants make me eat people. What can I do? Jack felt sorry for the giant. I've got an idea, he said. I can cook great pies. Let's tell the other giants that they are human pies, but really fill them with beans. Come and get your human pies, shouted Jack. The giants gobbled up the pies. Jack bravely jumped up. Surprise! The pies are full of beans, not people, he said. But this is the best pie I've ever had, roared one giant. More bean pies, they shouted. The pies were so tasty that the giants forgot about eating people. Soon Jack became rich and famous from his bean pies. The giants never tried to eat humans again. The End The Boy Who Cried Sheep The Boy Who Cried Wolf has a herd of stunt sheep. (laughs) He must save the little red riding hood from the big bad wolf. And now let's read The Boy Who Cried Sheep by Laura North and Becca Moore. A young shepherd boy lived at the edge of a big forest full of wolves. Every day he walked through the forest with a girl who wore a little red hood. She was terrified of wolves. Little Red Riding Hood went to visit her granny. The boy went to look after his flock of prize-winning sheep. The boy trained his show-jumping sheep every day Little Red Riding Hood laughed at the boy and his jumping sheep. One day, the boy went to play a trick on her for, to pay her back for laughing at him. The little boy crept up behind Little Red Riding Hood and pretended to be a wolf. He said, help, screamed Red Riding Hood, and a group of vigil- villagers raced over. It was only a joke, said the shepherd boy. The villagers grumbled and walked away. A few days later, he did it again. Growl! This time, Little Red Riding Hood screamed even louder. Help! The villagers ran over, huffing and puffing. It's just a joke, the shepherd boy said. The villagers all looked very annoyed. A few days later, the boy saw a real wolf at the door of Granny's cottage. Wolf, he shouted, but no one came. Wolf, he shouted louder. Still, no one came. The boy ran over to the villagers. Help, there's a wolf, he shouted. Stop. Playing tricks, the villager said. The boy had cried wolf too many times. Now, no one believed him. He ran over to Granny's cottage. The wolf was already in Granny's bed. What should I do, he thought. Then he had a brilliant idea. Sheep, he cried at the top of his voice. Oh, I did that wrong. Let me try that again. Sheep, he cried at the top of his voice. Within seconds, his sheep came running. Pyramid shouted the boy, and the sheep jumped on each other's shoulders. The boy climbed up onto the sheep and then up onto the roof. Sheep, follow me, shouted the boy. He climbed inside the chimney. His sheep followed one by one. Inside the cottage, the wolf was licking his lips. What big teeth you have, Granny, said Red Riding Hood. Suddenly, thud. The boy fell down the chimney and landed on the bedroom floor. The wolf looked up in surprise. Thump, thump. Ba! A pile of sheep landed in the fireplace. We're here to save you, said the boy. He turned to his sheep. Sheep, attack, he shouted. The sheep jumped on top of the wolf and sat on top of him. The boy and his sheep took the wolf to the villagers, who now believed his story. The shepherd boy had learned his lesson and never cried wolf again. But you can often hear him shout, sheep, as he puts on a show for the villagers. The end. It's story time in the Young House with No Dot No Dash. And tonight we're reading Brownie Locks and the Three Bowls of Cornflakes by Enid Richmond and Polona Loveson. This is a unique twist on the traditional Goldilocks fairy tale Meet Brownie Locks, who is a bear. Mom put out three bowls of cornflakes. Let's go for a walk before breakfast, she said. Brownie Locks the bear was out walking too. She smelled cornflakes. Mmm, tasty, she thought, climbing in the window. Brownie Locks sat on Dad's chair. Too hard. So she tried mom's chair. Too soft, she moaned. She went right over to Sam's chair. Just right, she thought, reaching for Sam's cornflakes. But crash! Brownie Locks was too heavy and Sam's chair snapped. Brownie Locks felt sleepy. She tried the biggest bed. Too hard, she grunted. She tried the next bed. Too bouncy, she cried. Then she tried the smallest bed. Just right, she said. And so she climbed on and fell fast asleep. Mom, Dad, and Sam came back from their walk. Dad frowned. Who has been sitting in my chair? There's a big old paw print in it. Who's been sitting in my chair, Mom gasped. Then Sam yelled, Who broke my chair and ate all my cornflakes? They looked all over the house. Who's been sleeping in my bed, cried Dad. And in my bed, cried Mom. Hey, look who's in my bed, yelled Sam, and she's snoring. Brownie Locks woke up, rushed downstairs, and ran outside. She ran across the garden and into the woods. She was a nice bear, Sam sighed. I wish she'd come back. Dad fixed Sam's chair and found a beanbag for Brownie Locks. The next morning, Mom put out four bowls of cornflakes: one for her, one for Sam, one for Dad, and one for the bear. Brownie Locks soon came back when she smelled the cornflakes. "Here's your bowl," said Sam. "Here's your bean bag," called Dad. Brownie Locks sat on Dad's chair. "Try the bean bag," Dad said. Then Brownie tried Sam's bowl. This one's bigger, said Sam. Goldilocks gobbled up all the cornflakes and slurped up all the milk in the big bowl. Brownie yawned. She thumped up the stairs and lay on Sam's bed. Then Sam curled up with Brownie and read her a story. But Brownie Locks longed to be outside. She climbed out of the window and ran into the woods. Sam wanted to see his new friend again. Come back soon, he cried. Brownie Locks liked the woods, but she also liked Sam and the tasty cornflakes. She did come back the very next day, and the day after that, and the day after that. What an awesome story. The end.